Convenient, coordinated, high quality healthcare. That's our focus. Keeping you up to date and informed. It's SMG Radio, brought to you by Summit Medical Group. Here's Melanie Cole. Losing significant weight without trying and feeling continually exhausted may be some of the symptoms of chronic lymphocytic leukemia. My guest today is Dr. David Gallinson. He specializes in hematology and oncology at Summit Medical Group. Welcome to the show, Dr. Gallinson. What is leukemia? That is an excellent question and a word that strikes fear in many. Um, When we hear about leukemia, clearly we think that's a disease of the white blood cells. But fortunately, for many patients, leukemia isn't as severe a diagnosis as it could be. We divide leukemias into those that are acute and those are chronic. The acute leukemias are the patients that we need to put in the hospital right away. Chronic leukemias, patients are often walking into my office feeling healthy. So then what would even send them to your office? What are some symptoms of a type of chronic leukemia? Well, the majority of, uh, I mean, the, the, the most common leukemia that we see is uh, called CLL or a lymphocytic leukemia. There's many subtypes. You know, if we focus on that a little bit, truly the majority of my patients are asymptomatic. They've gone for their routine physical to their primary care doctor who identified an elevated white blood cell count and uh, needs further assistance in working it up, and then I meet the patient. So they've gotten their blood test, and they've seen that elevated white blood cell. It's a cause for concern. Then they come to see you. And then how do you determine what they have? And tell us what CLL is. So CLL, again, it's among the chronic leukemias. And in your body, you have different types of white blood cells. One of those subtypes is lymphocytes, and lymphocytes' usual job is fighting viruses. But sometimes if there's a a mutation, it causes an elevation in the lymphocytes. So if you see a patient who looks not like they have an infection, but have a certain uh, elevation in the lymphocyte count, we think that this could be uh, a lymphoma, uh, rather a leukemia. And this uh, leukemia really travels through different courses and may be initially asymptomatic. And then we have a plan for how we follow patients and decide when they need treatment, but often after a period of surveillance. Are there certain risk factors that would predispose someone to a type of leukemia? Well, some of the leukemias uh, and the risk factors are mostly uh, well described in the acute leukemias. The chronic leukemias, I would say that uh, it's a combination of your environmental exposures, the genetics that you're born with, but often something we don't see until patients are in their around 70. So uh, as opposed to hereditary cancers, we usually think of presenting at a younger age. So then what are some factors that will affect the treatment options and prognosis of a chronic leukemia? So what we, uh, what we usually do in these cases, again, it's a chronic leukemia. They have over, overproducing lymphocytes, and these lymphocytes are you know, mature cells and don't cause damage in and of themselves. And patients could a normal white count is 10,000, they could walk into your office with a white count of 100,000 and be feeling perfectly fine. When I meet them, I'm going to ask them questions such as, have you lost weight? Have you been having night sweats? Do you have severe fatigue? Are you having high fevers? And then I'll focus on where I know lymph nodes are, where your spleen and liver are, and do you have symptoms related to an enlarged lymph node or enlarged liver or an enlarged spleen? Then when we're looking at the treatments, what treatments are out there today for chronic leukemia? So after we've um, seen this patient, uh, before we you know, get to treatment, it's important to confirm the diagnosis. 
And uh, uh, we do different tests in the hematology, but fortunately the diagnostic tests really can be done all on blood work. And the blood work both confirms the diagnosis because there are some other similar-looking leukemias, lymphomas that can present with this elevated white count. We see almost 20,000 new cases a year of CLL, so we have a lot of data accumulating, and there's a lot of science that's uh, supporting our uh, current treatments. So in this background, we confirm the diagnosis, we determine uh, who's ready for a treatment, and we take into account what is your age, do you have any other medical problems, how quickly is your disease developing, and uh, then we set some goals for you, and we could decide among various treatment options. And so what might some of those options, people have heard about chemotherapy before, and people are hearing more and more about immunotherapies, and so tell us about some of the treatments that are out there today. So I usually like to categorize the treatments, and there's the classic chemotherapy. Another class is the so-called targeted or biologic therapies. And the third class, which you mentioned, is the immune therapy. Um, The immune therapy is the one that's really the hot topic in the news. And at this point, um, there's not an FDA-approved drug for uh, immune treatment of CLL, you know, they're developed, they're, treated, they're, they're FDA-approved in melanoma and renal cell and Hodgkin's and uh, other diseases, but not quite for CLL. When you think of immune treatment for CLL, we think of a bone marrow transplant or better described as a stem cell transplant. And simply, I would describe that as the CLL, uh, the first line of defense against an infection is your immune system. The first line of defense against a cancer is your immune system. If the cancer gets a foothold, a new bone marrow is like a new immune system. But that's a, a treatment that we really save for special situations, younger patients. But what's most exciting is the targeted or biologic therapies in CLL. So let's talk about those because they're absolutely fascinating. And teaching your immune system to recognize and attack leukemia cells, explain that to the listeners a little. In cancer, we're always focused on things growing out of control, a, a rapid rate of growth which was when we think of chemotherapy, which was a class that we've been using for years, killing rapidly dividing cells. But in CLL, it's more of an accumulation of what we describe as functionally incompetent lymphocytes, not the ones that we need to fight viruses. It's just what's happened is there's something called programmed cell death or apoptosis. Um, So we're focusing on targeted therapies that allow these cells to go through their natural death. It inhibits this overproduction as opposed to the classic, you know, simplified description of chemotherapy killing rapidly dividing cells. And this has produced therapies that our patients, again, who are average age over 70, can receive without dealing with the classic chemotherapy side effects. And oftentimes there's pills that we're asking a patient to take which work through these very sophisticated, well-developed mechanisms rather than, while chemotherapy is helpful and often used in combination with targeted therapies, in our older, more frail patients or patients who don't need as an aggressive a therapy can have this option. That's fascinating. And is this being used, the program Cell Death, is this being used on a regular basis? So there are, in, in the past few years, there are uh, at least three drugs that I can think of at the top of my head, FDA approved in this disease, and that do not need to be given with chemotherapy. Four, actually, is uh, off the top of my head. Um, for a younger patient um, who's maybe having a more aggressive course and has, you know, a better performance status, stronger, the chemotherapy is still the textbook answer and there's, you know, longer standing data for chemotherapy in the right patient because in this disease where I can't cure them, you know, the goal is really to help them 
live out their natural life by converting a, a, a disease into a chronic illness like diabetes and hypertension, sometimes chemotherapy does give you the longest treatment-free uh, intervals. These targeted therapies, though, for a patient who's older, um, they're FDA-approved for, you know, the, particularly studied in the over-70 population to be safe and effective and can control disease and make patients feel better and prolong their survival. What do you tell families, Dr. Gallinson, when somebody is diagnosed with a chronic leukemia or CLL? What do you tell families about coping, support, lifestyles? What do you want them to know about living with this disease? Well, what we need to do first in, in terms of you know, giving a, a prognosis is usually a, the appropriate, um, put everything in the appropriate perspective. How old is the patient? Do they have a heart condition or a lung condition or other competing serious medical problems? Then we come back and focus on the CLL. And sometimes we don't have, you only have one data point. You need to get to know that leukemia and see how it's progressing, where the disease is, what vital organs it's affecting. And then what we're doing more and more is looking at mutations. Um, there are certain mutations, such as the P53 mutation um, or a chromosome 13 alteration that could predict either a good outcome or a bad outcome to really help people anticipate what that road's going to be like and also help us choose our treatments. So once we put in perspective how healthy are they without the, their CLL, how serious their CLL is, then we can help them prioritize, this is something that you're going to be dealing with for 10 years, or maybe this is a more aggressive course, and we really need to make sure that you have the right support system at home, that you're maybe slowing down at work, maybe you're focusing on really important things like spending good time with your family, we try to help guide patients toward the right uh, perspective on coping with an illness that presents with various levels of severity. Tell us about your team at Summit Medical Group. So we are um, a group of 600 doctors, and uh, we've recently expanded our oncology service line um, to adding, uh, now we're up to 14 oncologists, nurse practitioners. Uh, it's a, really a comprehensive uh, care that we give here from the doctors, the nurses, the social workers, the dietitians. Um, we feel like we've really put together a group of doctors, pathologists, radiologists. We all work together, and we, I really feel we deliver really excellent care for our patients. And if you're in a position where you have a white count and there's a concern, you know, we're here to help. Thank you so much for being with us today. What a great topic. You're listening to SMG Radio, and for more information, you can go to summitmedicalgroup.com. That's summitmedicalgroup.com. This is Melanie Cole. Thanks for listening.